I'm Julie Swenson, Managing Director of Forward Theatre Company in Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm Mike Fisher, Milwaukee-based theatre writer and dramaturg. I'm Jen Opoff gray Founder and Artistic Director of Forward Theatre Company. And this is Theatre Forward, a twice-monthly conversation about theatre from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insight into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theater in the Midwest and around the country. Welcome to episode six of Theater Forward. Hello. A lucky number. (laughs) (laughs) So this week's conversation is about talkbacks. Strangely, this is one of the more controversial subjects here in our industry. And I should just start with a full disclosure. Um, Talkbacks are really a a central part of who we are here at Forward Theater Company. We do them after every performance uh, since we started 10 years ago. Um, And they've become a really sort of signature uh, aspect of, of what we do here at Forward, but that's not the case everywhere. And there's a lot of pros and cons to both the idea of talkbacks and also how they are executed at different companies. So this should be a fun conversation. Well, certainly uh, the people that do stay for talkback see it as an added benefit and learn about the play. And I think that in the 10 years that Forward has been around, uh, there's sort of a training of the audience that has been done. So. Uh, Questions are very thoughtful, and maybe maybe they know that the um, there's a talkback coming, so they're sort of prepared for it. Mm. Um, because Forward also does it completely open ended. Yeah, you sit down and say, you know, basically, so what do you got? <laughs> and that is not true, um, certainly of the other Wisconsin companies um, that I know of. Um, I know when I was at Renaissance Theater Works in Milwaukee, we had questions that we asked. Um, very specific questions, and certainly it was open to go in different directions. But there were there were um, sort of lead in questions that helped get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I can see the um, the appeal of a situation where there are are lead in questions. Now, you know, my full disclosure. I mean, I I think I've been to a talk back for every single forward show. Maybe I'm missing one somewhere. And I found most of them really good. Um, But I think sometimes precisely because they're so open-ended, I have felt as though it's an amen chorus of people saying great production, great production, great production, or congratulating themselves as as they listen to how woke they are because they figured something out about what's going on on stage. And those are not particularly useful. And those are the times when I have found myself wishing that the talkback was more facilitative or directive. Um, in terms of questions being asked. But I would say I think that's the exception rather than the rule. I agree. Um, We've had some really, you know, I've been at almost every talk back personally for 10 seasons. And I I do think that um, they have uh, gone to a lot of surprising places and can can be um, critical. Um, People will disagree with each other, not in a constructive way. It's really, it's nice that it happens in a constructive way, but we do get a lot of contradictory opinions and and thoughtful questions, but you're absolutely right. It is one of the risks that it, it can get a little too self-congratulatory sometimes. So we, you know, we, tr- we try to do what we can to, to keep it from bogging down. Well, I was just thinking that the, um, you know, the joke among actors, of course, is the question of how did you memorize all those lines? Right. They uh, instantly hate talkbacks when it's, when they're told that there's going to be talkbacks. Um, an actor generally, or, or let me just say, when I was acting, that was a um, kind of a horrible thing to think about and have to do. But then it, they are, I, I didn't give audiences, and I'm not saying just forward audiences, for the most part, audiences ask 
really good questions. Very few ask how do you memorize all those lines. And they're actually, like I said, it's a benefit of seeing the show and and digging a little bit deeper that I think is meaningful and and important. The thing that I value most about them personally as an artist, this is separate from as an artistic director and as an artistic director, I value these because they're an opportunity to engage more with our audience, to make what we do more of a dialogue than a monologue, um, to hear what people are thinking. Those are all really valuable things that we get from this as a company. But what I love about it as an artist is the opportunity to see the direct impact of what we do on other human beings. You know, if somebody um, wants to talk about a personal experience that they had, that the play that we did sort of brought forth, or, um, you know, the new in- they want to share the new insight that they now have because of the story that we told, or the new degree of empathy, or the, the new thought that hadn't occurred to them. Um, for the, the, the lefty progressive political, you know, person that I am at heart, that's an incredibly affirming and valuable um, conversation to be privileged to be a part of. And they're not always those conversations. I'll have plenty of, you know, critical statements or or um, other kinds of comments as well. But but though the opportunity to be present for those little moments um, feels like a gift. And I and I hear that from our from our actors who, who, because mm-hmm. it is open-ended um, and you're, we constantly have the opportunity to be surprised by what someone might bring up. Um, it is an enjoyable process. These talkbacks, I should also add that they're short. We cap them at about 20 minutes. <laughs> right. So no one's sitting around for another hour after having sat um, for a couple of hours to watch a play. Well, I think forward is unique in that there's a, a talk back after every production. Mm-hmm. That is not true um, of any of the other um, companies I know in this state, Mike, where I'm other places, I'm I don't not think sure so. I think it's set set times, right? Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I don't, I, I should know the answer to that. I don't. I can't think of a show at the two places that are coming to mind, either Steppenwolf or Victory Gardens, where there has not been a talk back, but I couldn't swear that they always have them after mm-hmm. every show. I've already talked a little bit about why we like them at Forward, but what are some, what are some of the purposes of having a talk back? Um, you know, and because they can happen in all different schedules, all different structures, and all different reasons for having them. I mean, you know, we have ours, but you know, if we do a, a reading of a brand new play, sometimes the talk back is about actually soliciting feedback on a script for a playwright. Um, you know, or or initiating a, a really specific community conversation around um, an issue that's brought up in a play. Um, but, you know, while it's a question I can answer on Forward's behalf, what are some other reasons, you know, when you've worked for other companies, Julie, mm-hmm. you know, why do I talk back at all? As I said, added benefit. I think there's questions. Certainly, um, there are some shows that, uh, for instance, when Renaissance did The Ballad of Emmett Till, mm-hmm. uh, we did do uh, Talk Back After Every Show. Mm-hmm. That was a show that people needed to sit in the house for a while. Mm-hmm. And then there was this sort of beautiful collective of, we just all saw that, we just all experienced it. Let's talk about that. And and what did that mean and how... how um, very unfortunately, it, it is relatable to what's going on presently and um, really valuable. There's some comedies um, that I've done that they don't, the, the, the talkbacks aren't nearly as, as um, what I think of good. Maybe the, I'm hoping the audience um, enjoyed them, but 
it depends on the piece mm-hmm. to me. Um, I know that like the rep does the, the Milwaukee rep do uh, that. What is a second act or act two act yeah. two where you actually go out into the lobby in groups with a facilitator to mm-hmm. talk about um, the play. That seems I've, I've done that several times. I think that's really wonderful. And then a lot of us do um, pre-show mm-hmm. talks um, rep in depth. We've got our pre-show. I know uh, chamber Milwaukee chamber does a pre-show. Um, Renaissance does, you know, and I think those are really valuable as well. Well, yeah, pre-show talk is really valuable, but mm-hmm. I, I think of that as being um, really kind of the opposite of a talk. Right, in informational. A of because a pre-show talk is about providing information to audience members that want to know more. And we always right. have some who do and some who like to walk in clean slate and just experience the story. Um, but the talkbacks are are not us talking to the audience. It's the audience talking to us. At least right. that's, that's how I see them. Right. Um, and that's what I value about them is, you know, we've, we've had our turn. Now you talk and it doesn't mean that they're not asking questions because they are, they're asking questions of the actors or of me or the director, whoever. Um, but they, they're dictating the conversation instead of the other way around. Well, I, I, I agree with that with a caveat, which I'll get to in a second. I mean, first I will acknowledge that having, stopped writing as a critic. I have found talkbacks much more valuable. I never (laughs) felt like I had the right to weigh in um, when I was writing. And I often have things I'd want to say right now. And I appreciate so much the the forum that Forward has provided when I've come to see shows to voice my opinion. I mean, one thing I worry about, and this is where my caveat comes in, in terms of the audience directing the conversation or telling you what they think, is a general phenomenon uh, that we're dealing with in our society, which is groupthink. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, delivered again by social media. Those of you who have heard me on this podcast before know it's one of my favorite whipping posts. Um, and I do think it encourages, uh, uh, you know, pod thinking among people. And I've seen that at talkbacks. I've even seen that at forward talkbacks, although less, frankly, than at others, where it becomes very difficult if everybody is saying this is a great production to stand up against that, just as it's becoming very difficult to keep your butt planted in your seat when everybody around you is giving the obligatory standing ovation for a show that doesn't deserve it because we're getting (laughs) way too many of those. And, you know, I mean, just I was just this week, I was at a show where literally in a 200 person house, every single person, and it was up to 15 or 20 comments, were talking about how great this show was. And I didn't think it was very good. And I finally put my hand up and and voiced why. But that's sort of a difficult thing to do when everybody around you is just, you know, singing the Amen Choir. And I think that's a real danger in talkbacks. And it's something that a facilitator needs to be attentive to. I mean, needs to ask questions like, is there anybody here that didn't like it? Is there anybody here that had a problem? with this production to sort of open up some space um, for those kinds of things to be said. If we really care about what the audience thinks, that should be part of the conversation as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I view talkbacks as needing to do that. I see it more as um, audience needing to sort of process with the help of the actors and the directors. And um, it's interesting, of course, you would come at this as, you know, (laughs) theater criticism. Guilty. Um, I, I don't. For me, I I think I would be concerned if somebody, if there was some sort of, um, you know, this play was great, this play is, and here's why, conversation during a talkback. Yeah, well, it's not even so much that, because, I mean, certainly sometimes we'll get comments that are, oh, this was so great, or uh, or sometimes, oh, I didn't like this, but um, I'm with you. If, if, if that's what the majority of our talkbacks devolved into is just everybody saying, this was great, and then 
people feeling uncomfortable expressing a contrary opinion, I would probably put an end to them pretty, pretty quickly. Um, it really does tend to go more to conversations about either the subject matter of the play and people wanting to have a community conversation so that the actors are responding, but so are other people in the audience about how they're responding to a topic or an issue that's raised by the play or really interesting, deep questions that they want to give our artists about the process of working on it. And yeah, sometimes it's the sort of cliched, how do you learn those lines? But that's not usually it. It's more, how do you get inside a character who's so different from you? Or how do you feel about portraying a character that does something that's seen as so negative? Um, and I think that the, that fascination with how we create the stories that we tell I, I just as a as a director and producer, I love being able to provide a window into the work that we do for the audience so that it becomes less of a mystery and, and more clear that it's a job, you know, mm -hmm. that it's a job. And I think that 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 gained insight to how we do our jobs raises people's appreciation for, for the work that we do. I, I think Forward does a better job than really I can't think of any other place that does um, uh, talkbacks on that particular issue in terms of specifically, and this was something I always cared about as a critic, is that designers never get their props. Right. They just don't. And most theater audience members who are a general layperson audience, and I don't mean this in a patronizing way at all, but they're not part of the business. Mm -hmm. They don't understand what a lighting designer does. They don't understand the divide between a scenic designer and a props person uh, and a director. Um, they don't understand what what's the difference between a sound designer and a composer. And forward talkbacks have done a really good job in my experience of trying to sort of gently educate an audience by picking up on the cues that an audience's observations provide um, to sort of say, well, this is why that happened. This is why Jen Treloff, you know, we all miss him, would have said something in a particular way. This is why Jason Fassel lit this in a particular way. And that is a huge value add for, right. for an audience. Right. So, so lest uh, we allow this podcast to become a little too much of a patting ourselves on the back talk back here, um, I, I'd really love to hear about um, some experiences, either positive or negative, that you've had um, at other companies, you know, around the country where where you felt like, wow, this is this is a really good way to do a talkback or this was a really valuable talkback experience. Can I do positive or, yeah. or can I can we jump in on um, on a playwright that doesn't allow us? to do uh, talk <laughs> Who could that possibly oh, be? And that's a man named David Mamet who <laughs> writes really exciting, thoughtful, provocative plays that people want to talk about, honestly. And, and in contractually, you cannot have a talk back after any David Mamet show. And I remember seeing um, Race at Next Act. This is a play regardless of whether, and there wasn't there, they followed the letter of the law and did not have a talk back after the show. But that doesn't prevent people from going in the lobby and talking among their friends or going out for drinks and talking. And I've always said one of the biggest insults after uh, watching uh, a, a theatrical production, the biggest insult to me is, where do you want to go to dinner? I would rather have someone scream and yell, I hated this, you know, I like this, you know, that that is so much better, a better reaction to theater. And for Mamet to squash that, I think, 
um, is a real shame. I don't think he recognizes how valuable these talkbacks are. <laughs> well, and I think consistent with a theme you're hearing in a lot of these podcasts, it's antithetical to the kind of openness that all of us believe in. I mean, theater is supposed to foster dialogue and empathy. It can't do that as effectively as it otherwise might if you're not allowing the conversation mm-hmm. to happen. I mean, I think, Jen, in response to your question, the the act two um uh, the Act Two format that the Milwaukee Rep uses, when it works, and sometimes I will acknowledge it feels like eating spinach, um, taking uh, a huge group of people in a 750 seat house and breaking them into groups of 20 with trained facilitators to talk about some questions in the play can be very helpful, especially with shy people who might not otherwise speak up in giving their voice a chance to be heard and empowering them to speak. So I would point to that when it works yes. as a positive model. And then on a generic level, accepting forward, we're going to take <laughs> forward out of it because I really do think the podcast here, uh, sorry, the, the uh, talkbacks here are good. Steppenwolf, I think, does an excellent job um, in general with talkbacks. And those are more facilitative and directive. Um, and that's a model that works there in the same way that our very different model here in Madison works for us. Mm-hmm. And I do think, you know, um, uh, you know, the Milwaukee reps model is, is, is different, but they're also trying to accomplish something um, very specific with theirs, um, with that act too. But in general, most companies that do talkbacks, they're, they're not mandatory. You don't have to stay for them. <laughs> right. You can choose if you want to have that experience and you can choose to leave when the show is done. And that's completely fine too. Um, you know, what I have been really moved by in, in the 10 years that we've been doing them here is that the percentage of our house that stays grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. And now it is routinely over 50% of the audience, sometimes as much as two thirds of the audience that stays for these talkbacks. Um, and, and really to me, the most um, significant statistical evidence that these are popular is that there's only one performance in each run where we don't do a talkback and that's our opening night because we feel like let the cast go have a drink. It's all they have it's a party all to get to. They do. And the number of subscribers who have switched their subscription out of opening night and told us that they were specifically doing that because they didn't want to miss the chance to have a talk back is a lot. Right. Um, it is a really, really significant percentage. Um, it's it's our typically our smallest house of opening weekend is opening night because it's the only one we don't have a talk back. And we know that that's why it's smaller, because people have told us that's why they switched out. And so to me, what that just says is, is that audiences in general are hungry for opportunities to talk communally about what they have just experienced. Theater is so unlike um you know, the other storytelling art forms of television and, and film in that way, and that you are sitting together in a room um, with other human beings to have this experience. And so the opportunity to continue that with a dialogue about what you've just seen is clearly something that is valued here. And, and, um, and that makes me happy. I mean, amen to that. We may be moving forward, right? But that does harken back word to the very beginning. I mean, that's what this was all about and what it should be all about as an art form is a chance for us as a community to talk about something, you know, with the catalyst of what has happened on stage. Yeah. Now, having said all of that, um, you know, one of the other really common purposes of having a talk back, which I alluded to earlier, is, you know, you're, you're working on a new script. You're having a staged reading. You're having a workshop of something new. And you have a talk back with the playwright present to collect feedback. 
We do those here too. Those can be really rough. This can be really, really rough. If they're not monitored correctly. If they're not then, monitored correctly. Then, then the people that um, are wannabe playwrights or are playwrights, the, I have seen those become so horribly critical yeah. and and mean-spirited. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. And I frequently will read yeah. interviews with playwrights who say, oh my God, I hate talkbacks. And I put myself in their shoes for, for that kind of talkback. And I'm like, oh, preach. Right. I understand. Um, so I think it's important to, you know, sort of distinguish um, the kind that, w- that we do here, where it's not typically with the playwright sitting there and, hey, let me invite you to tell me how right. I can make my play better. And asking the audience to help tell you how to make your play better st- still does have value. But you're right, Julie, it has to be moderated mm-hmm. so carefully so that it is constructive criticism, right. um, not hear yourself talk criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how about that for another episode <laughs> of Theater Forward, which is a conversation about theater in Wisconsin, the Midwest, and America. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Jen Alpoff Gray. I'm Julie Swenson. And I'm Mike Fisher. Our podcast is produced by Scott Hayden. And you can talk back to us uh, <laughs> or follow or share your thoughts with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Forward Theater, as always with an ER. And if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you might tune in. We're so grateful to have you listening. And we'll be back soon for another Theater Forward conversation.